Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. We're back. <laughs> Season, I don't know, do we keep track of seasons? <laughs> If what? it goes by every episode, every season is 10 episodes. This is season nine. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> On the ball. TD. <laughs> so season nine. <laughs> We've only got fifth, uh, six more seasons to go to catch up with Supernatural. Super. And we've got, yeah, that's the longest running live action television show. Wow. Actually, I think that Criminal Minds passed it last year because they came back for an one more season oh funny are they just trying to top them toppers yeah we got 21 seasons to go to beat the simpsons goodness gracious so i started watching um the walking dead they finally released season like 11 i don't even know whatever it was but anyway i have uh it's been a long time and we started watching it and we looked there's 22 episodes and we're like uh that's a lot <laughs> Because everything's 10 episodes now, right, uh, for a season. And so we're kind of like, man, this is going to take a long time. <laughs> but we're devoted, I, I guess. I don't know. So anyway, uh, welcome back, gentlemen, I guess, and, and listeners. And uh, a little bit had a little bit of a break. It was, it was good for, for me. I hope, uh, Tom, Everett, it was a good break for you all. We're coming back, fresh new material and all kinds of topics to talk about and lots of fun and laughs and learning questions and so on so you know what we're going to jump right in today and we're going to talk about being pissed off at church <laughs> so tom has something to i got a lot of problems with you people <laughs> so everett's mad <laughs> and tom's got something to read so tom take it away <laughs> all right this is jamie uh Housar or house there he writes for relevant which is like an evangelical magazine anyway it says um here's the beginning of it i'm not sure how deep this wound goes or how infected it has become since i don't know quite what i'll find i'm hesitant to rip off the bandages and expose it for others to see but i have a hunch that things are pretty serious now Sometimes I wish light was not the only solution for darkness. I wish I could hide and heal at the same time, but I can't. Two Sundays ago, I found, found myself painfully aware that no matter the church, no matter the speaker, when I am sitting in a church congregation, there is a deep, deep anger in my soul. Each word and prayer spoken leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. The places everyone else seems to find God, I've only found pain. For months, even years now, I've felt this conflict between wanting to back away from church, but also aching for my Savior, aching to fill his presence again, to be reminded of the only thing that has ever satisfied my heart, the one who does not call my anxiety or my sensitivity flaws, it uses them to draw me closer. And then he talks, goes on to talk about how 
why he and his fellow millennials are walking away from church. Hmm. And it's specifically evangelical Christianity. So I, I read it and I thought, I have been there. Have you guys uh, felt like that before? Yeah, that was my 20s. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I don't know. Pissed off and angry. Um, so is the anger is, is the, the anger is not directed at God. The anger is directed at the institution, the church, right? Right. Right. And I wonder. I mean, the thing I struggle with. I mean, I mean, the, let me say that I, I there's there's lots of times I've heard people who have sort of a PTSD with church. Right? They had bad church experiences, and so. You know, there are certain things that, you know, sort of trigger them. Um, but I think there's also, um, you know, part of the millennial culture is that. Here, that is, oh, man, I'm excited well, to hear this. That I think I think I think cura like curating your own experience is mm -hmm. part of it. And so. This notion of having to, um, like, ha you know, like having to be—I don't know what the word—like any sort, any sort of almost uh, structure, in some ways, is is it goes against some of the cultural things that make millennials unique. They're more like boomers and and sort of a disestablishment, right? Boomers, you know, went after the traditional church, created the megachurch, um, and millennials are doing the same thing, but they tend to want smaller, not bigger. Hmm, that's interesting. I've seen, I've seen the same pattern repeated, which kind of feels like what you're hinting at. People grow up in kind of a traditional Baptist, Church of Christ, uh, Assembly of God, or something like that. Uh, they have a gay friend, or they uh, mm. start to question something. So then they find their way into a, a big mega church where they can kind of focus on... Um, there's programming, there's people, there's large groups, there's things happening, but those large churches sometimes, maybe if you get in a small group, it's different, but off, often will lack the connectivity they had as a kid. So there's no, uh, you don't usually have a funeral in a coliseum or a wedding or, you know what I mean. You're not usually getting a hospital visit from the guy. And so they kind of, it's easy to fade out of the door or to just kind of fade away from those places. But that doesn't really cover anger at church. I feel like half the people I know in Shawnee uh, used to go to Life Church or some church like that, and they haven't been in years, especially now with COVID. And did they tell you why? I mean, do a lot you... of them just say they got out of practice or they. Uh, or I feel like the thing they're not saying is they have all these unreconciled uh, questions that they don't know how to answer. Mm. What, yeah. 
Why were you so angry at the church in your 20s, Justin? Yeah, I think it, it was uh, something of a... Uh, you know, being... being gosh, I don't give a good analogy. Pushed in, you know, held under thumb. We'll just go with that one. So being held under thumb for so long, it's like, uh, you know, it's the don'ts, right? I mean, this is just the the uh, recorder going now. It's the same thing. But the idea that when I had a little bit of uh, freedom, if you will, learning that it was like, well, wait a second, you know, this isn't true, you know, or this isn't exactly right. It's almost like you, um, what's that, uh, the incredible Kimmy Schmidt show where she was like held it underground for years and then came out and was like, oh my gosh, this is a great world we're in, you know, or something like that. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one or not. Yeah. Um, okay, sorry, the network reference won't make sense. Such a but... great, such a great, such a great show. Okay, so you have great. Okay, so it does, so she's out and you know experiencing the world for the first time after being literally held underground by some crazy madman preacher or something. Um, and so the idea that you get out and it's like, well, the world's not ex- what you said it was, and that's, I mean that's where the anger comes from, right? It's looking back. Um, and then I spent my thirties trying to come at peace <laughs> with that. And I'm uh, being a little cheeky, but you know, it's a hard thing to come through. Um, to, uh, well, and, and I, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but, but I'm, so I'm just going to say it and, and people can now quote, well, according to fundamentally drained, um, <laughs> I, I, I do think, I, I do think that this is particularly true in 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 the South in Oklahoma, um, mm. is particularly true for people who grew up in fundamentalist households. Um, I mean, I've got a good friend, um, and 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 he does. He has a lot of anger with the institutional church because he sits there and he looks at it and, like you know, his his mom is convinced that the vaccine is you know, the, the, the mark of the beast. And, and he's just like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, but I can't get her to think otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he is, you know, one of the things that he feels strongly about is full inclusion, um, y- you know, of gays and lesbians and, and, you know, and his mom is convinced that, you know, that's, a sign he's going to burn in hell. I mean, it's, abomination, it's, right? It's, it, it's sort of like um, this. Ang- and, and, and so part of it, I wonder is part of it is, is that they're angry with their family. Mm-hmm. And so they take it out on the church or is there anger with the church? So, so Rob- like it, like, every, like, like, like Rabbi Friedman would say, does the church become the identified patient? Mm-hmm. When really their anger could be, you know, at, at the, you know, why did, why, why did my parents introduce me to this form of brand of Christianity? Hmm. I don't know. There is a, a, I don't know, somewhere in Rob Bell's stuff <laughs> years ago, you know, he would, he would, he said how, um, someone would be angry with the church it was. And, and, uh, he said he'd sit him down and go, so tell me their name. You know, and that was the thing. It was it was actually an individual, right? There's always a name when someone's mad at the church, right? And so because the church is people and it's going to be typically some specific 
situation, not always, not always, but some specific situation to where one person, you know, and that's, that's something that I, I it concerns me. Um, how I'm going to back away from that. It doesn't concern me, I guess a little bit, but it's hard when you have like, I work with youth. And so the entire church spectrum is there for them and vice versa, we hope. Um, and so when someone who, and who knows what their background, their current uh, theology and all these things uh, gets involved with the youth, who knows then what they may say and it turns the youth off, right? And it's like, um, well, you know, they look at them and go, they're an adult, so they're speaking for the church. You know, just like the scenario of me growing up, it's like, well, everybody, they, they love me. Why wouldn't this be all true and everything exactly the way they're saying it and stuff like that? It's an interesting thing. And so, um, I mean, I think there is some teaching that goes along with that, uh, how we all are the church. Um, and so, but, you know, there's a lot of grace and forgiveness that goes in that from our side as we learn for those, you know, because everyone's made up from their past, you know, who taught them and so on and, and the spirit and where they've, and we're all different. Right. Um, so, but you never know who's going to be like, Oh, well, you know, you can't do that. It's like, what, (laughs) what, what? That's not how we think as Episcopalians or something along those lines. So. So, well, I think a lot of the people, though, um, who are mad at church have a legitimate um, beef. Beef, yeah. I And when I was mad at church, um, it was a slow building thing that uh, a friend got this fellowship uh, because he left the church to join the Orthodox Church. This was back in my former ministerial life in a different uh, denomination. And so he uh, he got disfellowshipped, and that was just kind of a, the chink in the armor of just one thing after another. They had a really conservative view of um, marriage and divorce, and I remember I had worked hard getting this teen to start coming from our neighborhood, and when his family started visiting, his mom liked it. And uh, the elders basically had told her she would have to remain single. And uh, she was living in sin because she was living with a guy she wasn't married to. I mean, third time they met this lady. Mm, yeah. And then... Um, Normally you should hold that out to like, you know, seventh or eighth, right? I was thinking three and a half, you know. Or... Or, or, yeah. yeah, even if you believed that, why would you ever say it? Why wouldn't you just let people come and pray and sing and see what, where God took them? But that's it. You know, that's exactly what I'm talking about is everyone has their, uh, what, uh, their own, their own stuff. Awesome words today from me, by the way, but they're preconceived, you know, rules and respects and these things that happen it's like don't you ever run in that nave you know don't you no we don't run we don't we don't laugh we don't smile in the nave and it's these things and it may be coming from one individual and everybody sitting around that hears them say that it's like what what's mm-hmm. going on here but they but someone may not speak up so that whoever heard them that is uh new being formed may look and be like 
oh, well, that kind of sucks. We can't smile in the nave, <laughs> you know, or some. And it's just those things, you know. And I remember years. So I've been at St. Patrick's for a long time, and over the years, I've had heard these great things of our priest, Father Shelby, there, and it's like, oh. Father Shelby doesn't like insert something kind of weird here, you know? And it's like, so after years of hearing this, finally I went to him and go, do you care if, and he's like, no, (laughs) you know? And it's like, oh my gosh. So there's like this underlying, you know, rule authority club who, you know, pushes these, oh, well, Father Shelby doesn't. And it's like, really? Have you ever asked him that? And I mean, this stuff, gains traction in churches, right? There's this subculture of don'ts, even in the Episcopal church. And it's like, okay, well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And it's like, why, 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 you know? Um, so uh, sorry, that was an awesome tangent. <laughs> well, have, have y'all, have y'all listened to the rise and fall of Mars Hill at all? Said so, no, that's such a, yeah. that sounds interesting. It's such a great it's a, so it's a you know Mark Driscoll who uh, who started Mars Hill and and it's just it's it's about why did it become popular and then why did the whole thing you know collapse and and Mark was nar- was narcissistic and abusive and you know and all these things but it, it, you know I listened to I'm listening to it and I'm like you know hell if that had been my experience of church. I may not have gone back to church. Like yeah, I, right. I, I am, I am benefited by the fact that I really didn't have a bad church experience. I mean, you know, I went to Presbyterian church growing up. They were normal. Um, you know, there was there. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't. You know, I'm not saying that that you know it was perfect or anything. But I'm just saying I, I, I just I don't carry that baggage. Um, and and part of my the reason I, I enjoy being in a mainline church with all even with all of its frustrations is that I do feel like it at least provides some boundaries and that a lot of times and that maybe I'm wrong here, but a lot of times it seems like a lot of the baggage comes from more sort of independent congregational people have had those experience where there's less sort of oversight and structure from a you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe that's not true. Um, uh, well, um, I think we're about to have an argument between you two guys. We are. I'm just we kidding. Are? <laughs> I stir the I pot, Tom. A, I think you hit on a good point, Everett, because I don't know how people who have never had a good church experience ever come back to church or stay in church. Let's like, give them a round of applause because kudos to you all for sticking right. it out, right? I mean, seriously, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not being cheap. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I, <laughs> I, and it's obviously they have great faith. Mm. They are seeking God, have found, know there's something... Um, they're needing or wanting or looking for that that they find think they can find in community and they have faith that somewhere out there uh they're they're gonna find it there's a taze song um Mm -hmm. i am sure i will see 
the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Um, I remember, and that's just, the, that's the lyrics. So I, that song was meaningful to me when I first joined the Episcopal Church because I had a great experience like Everett growing up. But when I was working in ministry, it was tough, especially uh, hmm. a period of time was tough. And I remember the worst things that happened were after I had left and kind of the response to it, um, like getting preached into hell at my own mother's funeral because I wasn't uh, attending the right kind of church anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was my former church where my mom's that I had worked in where my mom's funeral was. And my point is, the thing that kept me going was knowing that somewhere out there there was healthy Christian community. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking that you've given up on church, I would just say, have you considered the possibility that maybe there is a healthy community of people out there that have faith and are trying to support? They're not perfect, I promise that. Uh, but there there well, actually yeah. are healthy places to go to church. And and, and Tom, I think, uh, you know, and I don't want to sit there and pretend like, like you know, the Episcopal Church is perfect or the Methodist Church is perfect or anything. What? That. But you know, I, I I think you know one of the one of the challenges is that you know you go you you go to big box mega church and you know they you know they've got a ton of people in in, in every demographic right so so you go there and you go hey there's somebody that looks like me and you go to the mainline church which is smaller doesn't have as many people and you're like where 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 are all the people in their 20s who you know work for a nonprofit and you know drive you know what i'm saying it's like and cuz i cuz i think that 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 also part of that is we have what well, good bad and different we have this desire to be with people who look, I mean, it's like an evolutionary thing, right? We look around, and if we see people who look like us, we feel safe. And so there's also this strong sort of consumer thing that we are just raised up in. It's just like water that we breathe in, where, you know, we're 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 looking for that. And so there's a lot of people I know who struggle, and they're like, okay, I can come here. There's people who are in my life situation who are, you know, doing what I'm doing, struggling with the very things I'm struggling with, you know, or here's this church that may fit me better theologically, socially, politically, whatever. But man, I'm the, you know, I'm the only single person in the twenties that goes to that church. Right. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, um, if every Episcopalian just went to church once a month, <laughs> like uh, I, I've thought that many times, one hour a month is not too much to ask. It would make such a huge difference for encouraging them and encouraging other people. 
I don't want to make the atmosphere I grew up in where there's a level of you're coming just out of guilt or um, mm. fear. I don't know. There's got to be a happy medium between coming four times a year and and coming five times a week because you're afraid, you know. I think there's, um, I think, like you said, uh, there, to, to kind of wrap up, we're closing. I mean, we're getting closer to the end. But something about being pissed off at church is something to where, um, for me, it, it was something to where it took years to, and I, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, a completely healed, I guess, from that trauma. Um, uh, Everett referenced PTSD and, um, my buddy Deacon Jim called it PTFD, <laughs> post-traumatic fundamentalism disease, um, and, and not playing, not joking about people who actually deal with PTSD, but there is a trauma. I promise you there is a real and valid trauma that can go along with, um, how the church can, um, unfortunately affect us. So, uh, don't deny that either. Um, don't rub some dirt on it and get over it. Talk with someone, um, because there are, all of it is valid in that these things can be very powerful and emotional and mental, uh, that it takes time and years to get past. Uh, but there are places, as Tom said, that you can go and visit and, and find some healthy relationships and just, just be aware um, of the people. But you, the church is also human. And, um, you know, there is a, uh, there is, I feel like we should do pissed off at God next. Um, but there is the, the idea that people do get pissed off at quote unquote, the church and every person that makes up the church gets judged within that. Um, uh, maybe judge is too harsh of a word to use, but included in that because, um, then I can sit and think of individuals who, are the most welcoming, loving, and grace-filled people I know. And you're like, ah, that's where we want to be, and that's who we want to be. They're that bridge to God's character and showing us God inside of the church. Not, the, not, not that others don't. We all have our ups and downs and our pluses and minuses, so to speak. Um, but... I don't know. Just don't let one individual keep you away. If it's something to where like, they're like, don't smile in a nave <laughs> or whatever it is. Um, I mean, each person has to use their own exam, uh, process, um, that they go through and examples, uh, final thoughts, Tom on pissed off at church. You want to share? No, just that there have been, a, there are a lot of people who have been where you are and, and uh, keep searching for God and don't give up on on that search, even if you give up on the people and the community. Hmm. Everett? Um, what I would say is, is that um, the church is not perfect, but God is. And the frustrating thing about um, being in, in God's community and God's family is it's the church and all of its imperfections and, you know, broken parts. Um, 
but but find a find a healthy church. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, community is important. I think um, I know some people can go along, and some people can just come once a month <laughs> and be like, "Whoa." My people cup is full <laughs> and that's the thing. Um, but uh, just not to say for, you know, speaking on behalf of the church, it's not all bad. So there you go. Okay. All right. Well, this is a pretty good short episode. So uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, it was good to be on break and we're glad to be back and we'll be rolling out some more episodes and topics in the coming future. Thank you all for uh, listening. And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.